So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 4, Episode 13 of The Other Way. In this episode, Gabe's family gets to Columbia for the wedding, Debbie makes a quick decision about her future with Osama, Muhammad tells his brother about a possible move to the U.S., Johan measures himself up against Danielle's ex, and Rishi's family finds out about his engagement to Jen, as well as Jen's age. As always, we'll hear about our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we're ending our coverage of the new season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today on this fine Sunday? Yes, recording. recording on Sunday night because I have, uh, I think it's my busiest week of the year coming up. It's just oh my goodness. Well, we've got our AP exam this week AP too. AP exams, <laughs> and then they make me proctor the AP exams, and then the the cross playoffs are going on, and then we have our senior checkout is going on. So it's just this first second week of May is usually pretty insane for me. So uh, yeah, I actually have a work trip, so I'm leaving right after school for a work trip for a day too. So. Yeah, got a lot of stuff going on. And these people have a lot going on, too. So let's get started with, uh, you know, family. So we'll go with uh, Gabriel and Isabel. So Gabriel has arrived uh, from America and Isabel picks him up and they go to eat to discuss their wedding planning. They're getting married at a farm in El Carmen with about 40 people. They're discussing his sister's role in the wedding and Isabel raises an eyebrow that... Uh, Monica wants to give away the groom and wants to be the best man, but they call it maid of honor. Uh, Isabel thinks that Monica is fickle, temperamental, and controlling. She's not exactly sure how to handle Monica at her wedding, but it's her wedding and not Monica's. Gabriel tells Isabel that his mom wasn't happy that Gabe had kept their engagement a secret from her. Gabriel says that Monica is worried about the business and wants them to get a prenup. Isabel says she's clearly not after his yacht or cars, so she's willing to sign, but then feels like she should probably just get a salary for the work she puts into the business. Isabel is offended that Monica is insisting on a prenup and wants Gabriel to talk to her about her attitude. Gabriel can sense the drama. Isabel says that it's her wedding, her family, and her home, so Monica needs to have more respect and be on the same page. Gabriel is mentally preparing Isabel for a grumpy Monica because they've landed and she's already said that she's tired and hungry. They pick up Monica at the airport and Isabel is excited but cautious. Monica notes immediately that Isabel doesn't speak any English. Marie, Gabe's mom, who's also there, says that Isabel is pretty and sweet. Gabriel warns Monica to be nice and she immediately makes Isabel feel uncomfortable for not knowing any English. Isabel thinks that Marie calms her, so she appreciates mom's presence. Isabel's trying to get Gabriel to translate, and Monica is aggressive already, asking what Isabel means by saying she's glad they finally came to visit. Gabriel is nervous to hear that Isabel wants to talk to Monica before the wedding. Gabe is worried that he's going to have to take sides in whatever conflict they have. Later, Monica and her boyfriend and Isabel and Gabe all go to lunch without mom, who's tired. Isabel is admiring her own ring, and Monica asks to see it. Gabe says that Monica is judgmental and mean sometimes, so he didn't want to give too many details about the engagement. 
Isabel wants to reassure her, even though she has doubts about her. Monica says that she just wants to be, she just wants to make sure she doesn't have any, any unrealistic expectations of Gabe and that Isabel is there uh, when things go bad. Monica then asks if Isabel would sign a prenup and Isabel says, that's not a problem because they both work hard to pay for their things. Monica is confused because she says when she talked to Gabe about it, he said she wouldn't go for it. Gabe just wants to hide. He feels like Monica is overstepping and really ultimately hurting him. Monica thought that they were best friends, and now she's wondering why she has so much incorrect information about Isabel. Gabriel thinks that Monica only wants to hear about the bad stuff, and Isabel thinks that this is a real problem, but the real problem is with Gabriel's relationship with Monica, and it really has nothing to do with her. Isabel starts crying, telling Monica her family really loves Gabriel, and Monica cries to hear that because she's relieved to hear Gabe is loved and taken care of so far away from home. All right, so who do you think could have behaved better where there wasn't this tension and ultimately a misunderstanding? Do you think it's Gabe being a better communicator with Monica? Do you think it's Monica being a communi- better, like, uh, giving Isabel kind of the benefit of the doubt instead of coming in guns a-blazing? Or do you think it's Isabel for, you know, they, just being they Isabel? all could have been better. Now, Gabe, mm-hmm. Gabe really couldn't have done anything in this moment. Like, mm-hmm. his part was in the past, right? Right. So in his part, you clearly, in Monica's mind, set up, Weird, jealous, controlling Isabel who wants to change him and everything he stands for, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and in Isabel's mind, he set up, you know, crazy, controlling sister who unpredictable and will go off on on him for no reason. You know, short fuse, ticking time bomb, judgmental person, right? Like that's what they both had. That's what they had in their heads. But I think the difference. The difference, really, because Gabe has kind of put an impression in both their minds, right? For sure. The difference is Monica could come into this and immediately realize that Isabel isn't necessarily like that, right? She's like not domineering or controlling, at least in their conversations. And then Isabel like comes in I and is know. like, Monica's exactly like this. Yes. Th- yeah, that's that that that's true because she does. She comes off as Monica does exactly what as advertised when she – Thinks right. that because it wasn't like she immediately was like, oh, actually, Isabel's really sweet. She was all like, are you sure you didn't want to prenup? Are you just telling that to us because you know that's what we want to hear? Because he yeah. seems really scared to have asked you about the prenup. And that doesn't make any sense. Like, and I don't know. I just – I was really frustrated that Monica can't see that the person Gabe is afraid of is Monica. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> right. And she's like, well, I don't know why he wouldn't just tell me that. And he's like, because he's scared of you. Yes. Not because he's scared a of scary Isabel. scary person right now. <laughs> yes. Because you're the one who's going to yell at him and you're going to go off. So he'd rather not tell you anything that might upset that balance. And she just is really bad at reading people. Like, well, specifically Gabe, because even yes. last week when – you know, they were talking about, you know, like Monica was saying, oh, I always love uh, living with you. And Gabe's like, are you serious? I always leave the situation like hating you and I need my space. And it's like for her to completely misread a shared experience kind of says something about how she is not reading the room and she's not picking up how Gabe really feels about things. Right, right. And she didn't 
Yeah, like like as if, and she didn't pick up like what was going on here. She's just like, <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had no idea. I thought we were best friends. Why wouldn't he tell me anything about it? And I was like, because you yell at him about it all the yeah. time. Um, but I mean, but I, that said, I don't think Isabel was on her best behavior either. She was already pretty standoffish about things. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just have you're just working with incorrect information. Like, hmm, like I know who you are, and you're not gonna you're not gonna bu- you're not gonna bully me. You know, she already had that stance right. of like. This is what's going to – and so, you know, I feel like both of them kind – and again, with Monica having trouble reading the room, kind yeah. of read that as being like, oh, like standoffish. I can see that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. you know, not just like, oh, this is – Gabe is just telling us not even what we want to hear. Like, it's funny because he said that. He's like, oh, I want to – I'll only tell you the good things. And it's like, I don't – the good things are actually the part he left out, which is why yeah. she was so concerned. Like, I feel like – Monica only heard the bad things and likewise, so did Isabel. Right. And I think, too, Gabriel kind of had said, and I do kind of blame Monica for this a little bit, is Monica wasn't believing Gabriel that it was only the good stuff because it sounded like Gabe was like saying all these good things about Isabel. And she's like, well, what's what? There has to be problems. What are the problems? And it seemed like Monica was definitely probing and looking for the problems early on because she just didn't believe it. It was too good to be true. Gabe couldn't possibly be in a relationship. And so because she kept on pestering him, Gabe came up with problems. Yeah. I mean, I, yep, maybe that is true. Maybe that is true. Um, it just, I don't know. I Like Monica definitely means well, but is just a mess. And the like, execution <laughs> is very poor. The execution is very poor. <laughs> yeah. Like I do, I do think she's trying to be out there looking for Gabe's best interest. Oh, sure. But she does it – but I think she does. She does it in a way that sabotages everything he's trying to set up. Right. Because it, it's, it comes off as very aggressive, her line of questioning, right? And I understand, yes, you want to get these questions answered. Um, they're important questions, like questions about values, questions about, you know, how you're going to value and treat Gabe in the future. But it's even like her tone. She's just so aggressive about it yes. that it comes off, especially since there is a, a language barrier, it comes off as very hostile. It comes off like she's being mean and doesn't like them. And it's just like, you get that it's coming from a good place, but it doesn't come off that way. Yeah. I mean, I I just also feel like there's ways to get around to people's values, people's sure. – You know, how they feel about their family that isn't direct questioning them, right? right. Like where people have a conversation with the person and mm-hmm. you'll find out the things you need to find out through regular normal human interaction right. and not, not this pop quiz asshole. Like, yeah. It, it how do you get along came- with your mom? Like, ugh. <laughs> It definitely came off as very accusatory. Yeah. Right? Like, why won't you sign a prenup? You know, it is just it very much came off as like, you know, you did something wrong. I'm yeah. gonna ask you about it. I mean, I do suspect there's a quite quite a bit of, you know, production sure. You know, always. massaging here as all there is. But it yeah, this this thing where they always come in and be like, I have a bunch of questions I need answered. And so I'm gonna ask them as if I was in like an FBI interview instead of just like Talking to people, just talk, right, just have right. a conversation. All right, so um, let's go on. I only had two groups this time. I'm going to go with the one that was much shorter. So that's Nicole and Mahmoud. Mm-hmm. So we only see Mahmoud this time, and his we see him with his brother Ahmed, and they're at the cafe. The cafe, of course, that's only for men, um, playing dominoes. 
Since Ahmed used to live in China, uh, Mahmoud wants to run past him the idea of moving to the United States like they dis- he discussed with Nicole last time. So Mahmoud kind of says that, you know, he's come around to the idea because he feels like Nicole has been trying really, really hard for four whole years to adjust to life in Egypt. So maybe it's his turn to try to adjust to a different life. Um, so Ahmed asks about the visa when the process, and as we know, that can be quite a lengthy process. And in this case, it would be a spousal visa because they're married. But he's hoping that they could get it all done in about a year, which depending on what we've seen, um, Ahmed tells him that in this time, he should really think about some things, things like how much he'll miss the people in Egypt and how much he'll probably feel out of place in America. So he says he's not trying to talk Mahmoud out of it just to, you know, give him you know, food for thought. So Ahmed thinks that things are it, privately in an interview to us. He thinks that things are way too different in America uh, for Mahmoud to handle and he won't last long before coming back. So that brings us to the all issue that's always the issue. Well, what about the clothes in America? How is she going to dress in America? And Mahmoud just assumes, well, you know, Muslim here is Muslim there is Muslim everywhere. So she'll dress exactly the same. And oh, it doesn't matter what anybody else wears. And what um, world planet is he living on? Yeah. So and uh, Ahmed is like, maybe you should talk to her about that because it's yeah. literally the only thing you ever fight about. And <laughs> of course, you haven't seemed to discuss that yet. Um, and the reason they haven't is because Mahmoud doesn't want to just get in a fight. So Ahmed says the secret to a successful marriage is just always agree about everything, mm-hmm. right? Just agree. And I think he was being a little facetious when he said it, but he was like, yes, you have to – at the end of the day, after the discussions, after the compromises, after everything, you have to come to an agreement. You can't just yeah. leave everything as a disagreement in perpetuity. Right. Um, so Ahmed asks, you know, what's going to happen if this doesn't really work out? And Mahmoud's attitude basically is like – not good things will probably break up, but you know, at least then we can say we tried. Um, so, I mean, that kind of brings us, brings us back to where it is. Like, I mean, is there any way this works? I, I, I mean, okay. We hate, we know Nicole hates the way he makes him dress. Yeah. That gets worse in the U S right. Right. Um, I think that she'll certainly attempt modesty, but modesty by American standards. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, She's not going to be wearing crop tops, right? right. Or she might avoid spaghetti straps or yes. she might or tank tops you know, altogether. avoid anything like, where yes. her bra is showing or mm-hmm. anything that's too low cut. Like, I think she'll go modest American standards, but she is not wearing a headscarf. She is not, you know, covering herself from like neck to wrist. Like, that's not happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's cold outside and like the weather right, is right. allowing for this kind yes. of, you know, fashion. On the ski slopes. Yeah, she'll add, she'll even add gloves on that one. Yeah, she'll cover right. her fingers too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the trick. Maybe, you they know, just, just to move, move somewhere to somewhere cold. where it's cold all the time and Nicole would always be covered up and she would have no problems with it. And then Mahmoud, who lives in, who's lived in Egypt his whole life, would not have any problem with the cold weather Oh, at my all. gosh. No, he died. So, yeah, I was going to say, because the other thing, too, is, I mean, she does complain 
about it just being uncomfortably hot. So maybe if mm-hmm. there was a little bit more like comfortability with dressing that way, she may be more open to it. I know she is a fashion designer and she was talking about getting things fashionable. I think she's generally open to it as long as it's practical for her and her lifestyle. Yeah, that's true. I didn't I didn't really think about that and so putting together it's not even the fact that she doesn't like the way she looks when she's covered neck mm-hmm. to wrist, but that she's covered neck to wrist and they're in the desert and it's 104 degrees and she's like, oh my God, I'm sweating my ass off. This is yeah. awful. I'm so and uncomfortable. There's no air this is so itchy and there's no air conditioning. Right. And I just cannot – the only thing I can do to get cool is forbidden from you. Like, So yeah, maybe if she was somewhere more temperate that she would be, oh yeah, I have this blouse that I like to wear that covers everything and is fine and is acceptable to – him so that maybe it could work mm-hmm. but it's definitely one of those things like she's not wearing that burkini oh no she's definitely not and honestly like his brother brings up a point like they should have a conversation about it and i don't understand this entire season they have been just kind of like when they start to get a disagreement they would rather just say let's put a pin on it pin in it but they never come back to it they're just like, well, this issue causes us to argue, so we're just going to stop talking about it. Yeah, and they come back to it again when they explode, right? Yeah. But I mean, I think it's going to be tough for Mahmoud because he, the not fitting in is definitely going to be a thing, especially yeah. if he's going to be a whiny baby about her clothes, right? Right, right. Because then it's going to come up in conversation. Why is he so upset? Oh, because I'm wearing this bathing suit. And they're going to be like, the fuck, dude? You're right. And he's going to be ganged up on. He's going to feel yeah. ganged up on, right? Um, similar to what we saw when we saw the last Egyptian guy, we saw even Muhammad, right? Yes. He felt like everybody's ganging up on me. And then, you know, he ended up finding a mosque and was like, no, that's just the way it is here. And everybody thinks you're weird. Yeah. Like, so you have to adjust to that. And I just, I, I feel like Mahmoud feels that giving up on this specific thing is the same thing as giving up on his religion completely. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. But he really, I think. It was eye-opening for uh, Muhammad in Muhammad and Eve to meet other uh, like Muslim people in the mosque who had a very similar, uh, you know, like background as him. But they adapted better by being more open-minded and they kind of told him so. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not how it is here. Like – you're going to be unhappy if you're stuck in your ways thinking that this is going – this should be exactly like Egypt is. Right. Because that's yeah. where they're messing up, right? You can't move somewhere else and expect it to be exactly like where you moved from. Same as Nicole. She can't move to Egypt and expect it to be as liberal and progressive as America in terms sure. of fashion. This is not happening. And, and I don't – and I do think Mahmoud would be OK with the other women, you know, being dressed because he's always said that before. You're not my wife. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not I'm – not, I'm not, this says nothing about me. But it – he does have to understand that he's not – when he is asking that, he's asking his wife to to not just act – behave the way he wants but to also behave outside of the cultural norms of where she's from, you know, right. in where she's from. And that's yeah. that's a whole – that's like many, many layers of – of difficulty. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Danielle and Johan. So Danielle gets she's, home after her meetup with her ex, Talon. She says she's had a good day, but she expects Johan to be difficult because of what she did. So Danielle asks Johan to help her cook. He is surprised that she's going to cook. 
and Danielle is hoping that this will put him in a good mood so they can have a conversation about her outing. Johan says that he has many problems. He says that she shouldn't have so many friends and so many friends that come before him. He says that he always puts her first. She wants to resolve this so they don't have problems in the future. Her solution is uh, where her friends are his friends. Danielle thinks that if he meets Talon, that everything will be fine. So he finally agrees to meet her friend. Danielle thinks that Johan will see that Talon's a good person who isn't trying to get with Danielle. Johan says that he does want to see for himself what the situation is, as Danielle tries to be affectionate with a very reluctant Johan. Okay, so now they're meeting up with Talon, and Talon makes some kind of impression on Johan with his pink clothes. Uh, Johan thinks that Talon looks like a flamingo and is ridiculous, and he's just wearing like a matching pink, like button-down short sleeve shirt with shorts. It looks very like uh, gaudy Gucci. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they all order drinks and sit in kind of awkward silence until Johan asks if Talon likes it in the dr. Talon says that they were uh, so Talon. You know, it's an awkward start. And then Johan starts asking questions about, you know, their relationship. And Talon says that him and Danielle were together for four months and they knew it was just for fun during the pandemic and they weren't serious at all. Talon says it's harder to read uh, Johan's energy because there's a language barrier. So Danielle's having to translate everything between the two men. Johan then wants to compare their heights and he's kind of satisfied to see that he's just a tad bit taller. And then Johan then asks about Talon's shoe size, which they have the same shoe size. And then Johan jokes about his big penis. Mm -hmm. So then he asks if the sex was okay between them. And Danielle is refusing to translate this because she says it's inappropriate. And Johan says he'll ask all the questions he wants. He then asks if uh, Talon is interested in Danielle. And he says that if Danielle wanted to have sex with him, would he? And Talon says no, because they are married. Johan says that Danielle has done things that have broken trust. And Danielle denies it as she sheds a couple tears. Johan asks why she's crying. And Danielle says she feels like he's trying to humiliate her to make her look bad because he's insecure. Danielle thinks that he's trying to make her feel uncomfortable on purpose. Talon tries to reassure Johan and says that it's obvious Danielle loves him. And they just have like a really awkward conversation as Danielle is crying. So <laughs> do you agree with Danielle's assessment on this? Do you think Johan is just asking these super inappropriate questions to make Danielle feel bad and maybe like encourage her like this was not a good idea. See, I told you. Yes. I mean, yes, I think that's pretty accurate. He wants everybody to be, be embarrassed and feel bad and then never meet each other again. That would be ideal. Like <laughs> that would be ideal. Remember I met your boyfriend, your husband and uh, he got into a literal dick measuring contest with I me. I know Remember that? that was so ridiculous. I mean, I, it's also that he seems really insecure about her past in general, right? Yeah. That comes up. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, especially if you're dating a woman so much older than you. I think she's Danielle's like 15 years older than him. Uh -huh. She got 15 years of sexual activity more than him. Yeah, she's going to have a past compared to Johan. She got 15 years on him. Yeah, I mean, yes, but also like I don't know. I I don't get I don't really get people get hung up on their 
as significant others past, right? And maybe it's because I'm at that age now that, uh, you know, anybody I would give Everybody has a past. Everybody has a past, right? Yeah. So you just don't ask about it because you don't want to (laughs) know. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to accidentally imagine it. You just assume and move on. I mean, at the end of the day, none of that really bothers me because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, because he brought up, you know, oh, how was the sex between you two? Yeah. And it was like, well, which person did she choose to just have sex with for the rest of her life? Because it wasn't that guy. Right. (laughs) Right. And so- at the end of the day, it wasn't so good or it wasn't that important that she chose that, right? She chose you for the rest of her life. Well, so why does it matter? Like that that's that's where I'm at. I was like, whatever. I like, can kind of see where Johan's coming from because let's say that Danielle did want Talon for the rest of her life. Is that even an option, right? Because just because y'all were in a relationship – and things weren't serious and Danielle seemed to be fine with that. It's like, was she really fine with that? I mean, you just don't know. Like, no one knows because we weren't there, what, four years ago when this happened? Like, yeah. it could be that Talon, because Talon's young. He's a pro athlete or whatever. Four. It wasn't even four. Because when was this filmed versus they said it was during the pandemic? So that would have been right. 2020. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, you don't know, like that guy could have just been messing around and been like, oh, well, you know, we're in pandemic times. I need a live in lover because where else am I going to get some at this? I mean, that's, you know, that seems pretty accurate as to what was going on. They were like, right. you need somebody to have sex with. I need somebody to have sex with. Yeah, sure. This, Let's this. be live in lovers. And so I <laughs> yes. just I feel like but from Talon's perspective, like I could certainly see him thinking this is an ideal situation. And maybe could it be that Danielle really was like, I know that this is our situation. I accept it and I'm going to go along with it, even though I want something more. Like, we don't know that. And so that's why I I feel like you're not going to necessarily reassure Johan that, oh, yeah, this relationship meant nothing. It's like, yeah, you say that now, but yeah. you don't know how Danielle felt. And, and I guess it I guess it is different, too, than if I imagine, you know, my, my, my current partner's past, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's not going along being like, here's the last person I had sex with. We're best friends. Like, <laughs> We're going to be with each other all the time. Isn't that regular and normal and fine? Like that is a little different than than just being like, well, whatever. People have pasts, and you know, we we deal with that. To be like, she's actively like bringing the past in, but his way of dealing with it is just ridiculously immature. Oh yeah, but he is young, and I think we keep forgetting that because. He's just a large man, and so he kind of looks a little older. Um, yeah. But this guy is like what twenty eight? I want to say like I mean, he's in his late twenties. Young, I mean, compared to us, it is. But I feel like when I was twenty eight, I felt like I had I felt like I had things together. But I also had two kids. Oh, um, I was gonna say, let's be real here. This guy mm-hmm. was a fuckboy before Danielle came around, and even then, he that it started off like fuckboy style, right? He was some hundred percent guy yeah. in a resort, you know, yeah. that worked mm-hmm. there. So I mean, I, I don't. I don't think he is capable of being mature right now. Uh, maybe give him a couple years. But right now, like none of this like immature behavior surprises me. No, I mean, yeah, it, it's – I mean, the, the other thing too is it's like he immediately, immediately was like, oh, this guy, this yeah. guy. Oh, he's wearing pink. Yeah. yeah. I'd never wear that. Huh, what, I would what never a, wear that. Loser. It's ridiculous. You look like You're, a flamingo. You look like a flamingo, man. Like he's just – 
And to me, it's like, it's funny that I know what he's trying to do there. Mm-hmm. But as a person who's a little bit older, who's a little bit mature, more mature, I'm just like, wow, that is extremely an insecure dude. Yeah. Like if the first thing you're doing is like, I'd never wear, he looks like a flamingo. I would never, I'm way more manly than that. I'd be like, oh, right. you don't think you are. Do you? I don't think you think you are. Yeah. You're, you're, you're talking a big game. All right. So that brings us to, oh, oh my goodness. This one was long. Jen and Rishi. Mm, yeah. All right. So everyone's in the car with the translator who we met with last time and now they're ready to go. Jen feels kind of bad for the translator because this whole situation is going to be a weird mess. And mm, the translator kind of agrees. She's like, this is going to be a weird thing to translate. (laughs) So Jen says the first thing she wants to get, like when they get there, is all like the the details and the data for all the arranged marriages. I want the number of women that came, that proposed that were proposed, the timeline of when they were arranged, like what's going on, and if my the answers are to, are to my satisfaction, then we'll see if Randy's gonna you know tell everybody that we're engaged. So Rishi's belief in and that's like Rishi's belief in astrology. Be damned. No matter what the astrologer said. <laughs> yeah. So Rishi knows that they are coming to ask the questions about the arranged marriages, but not that they might blow up the engagement news. So he's hoping that the meeting with the family is going to clear the air regarding the arranged marriage situation. Um, so then they come – and then after that, they can move on to the, arranged, the uh, engagement news uh, according to the astrologer's schedule. So he thought it was unfortunate when they came in that they brought a young, beautiful translator with them because <laughs> – the family is going to think she's like a bride that they're proposing. Like, yeah. they're just gonna be like, "What about this one right here?" Like, it was funny because like literally nobody saw this woman. This woman translator wasn't like, "Oh, oh my god, she's beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> like everybody was like, "Oh, okay." Um, but anyway, mom comes in for some introductions and some tea, and then his uncle comes into the conversation too. So they get right to it, and mom kind of gets has an idea where the conversation, what conversation is coming, something about the arranged marriages. So Jen asks like, well, how many women has Rishi rejected? And mom says that there were proposals long ago, but he just like brushed them aside and told that and didn't even really look at them. He says, yeah, Rishi did. She says Rishi didn't even see the girls. He just like rejected the whole idea out of hand. Like, "Ah, I don't need to see that. And it was a while ago. So Jen is now getting the idea of it. Oh, this was all like, kind of like informal, like preliminary stuff, the stuff that we knew last time. Yeah. Like preliminary, hey, we're thinking about it. And he was like, no, 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 you're fine. Rather than some sort of weird formal process. So then things start to get, but, so things are okay right now, but then things start to get weirder because Myra starts the questioning with be, asking mom like, well, don't you wonder why we have so many questions? <laughs> um, so mom assumes that Rishi must have found someone if they're asking about the arranged marriages, but she assumes that it's somebody through modeling or through the gym. So then Randy speaks up and says, I have something to say to everyone in the room. <laughs> she says, I'm here to support Jen in figuring out her relationship with Rishi, who she's in a relationship with. <laughs> like, okay. And how to deal with their pending en- announcement of their engagement because they're also engaged. <laughs> Wow. So now that was all in English that she said that. So Rishi's really nervous because he knows that if he was the translator for that, he would just not translate that. Like, yeah. nope. uh, but he's, it's out of his hand now. So the translator does as promised and just goes ahead and translates more or less word for word. Um, and then 
at all the time that you kind of focus on, you know, everyone's reaction. And my favorites was Rishi because he looked like he was just going, trying to claw his face off. Like his hand was just like <laughs> yeah. in his eyes. He was like, oh, my God. So now the, now that the cat is out of the bag, there's nothing Rishi can do about it. Mom doesn't have it, is shocked out of things to say. And the translator asks if he, she says anything. If she eventually tells Rishi that he never told her any of this. Then he tell, Then she tells us in an interview that she was just totally shocked. Like dumbfounded. So she even thinks that maybe they're joking because what? Just shock. So eventually though, back in the room, she says that she feels good. So if Rishi loves this woman, what can she do? But she also wants to kind of know, well, how is this going to work? How are we going to communicate if Jen can only speak English and I don't understand a word of it? So mom wants to have a conversation with Rishi about everything she learned. And Randy seems, Randy seems the most excited for the news. Even when Jen is like, this is really awkward. (laughs) Rishi doesn't seem to be happy with this, but she thinks he'll get over it because, you know, they got the answer they were looking for in the end, which was mom feels good. (laughs) So Rishi tells us that he's happy that mom says she's okay with it. I feel good about this. I feel okay. Really, really gruesome legs in the next uh, few minutes. (laughs) Um, So – Rishi tells us he's happy that mom said I'm okay, but on the other hand, Jen totally went over his head and ruined his plan, and that's pretty shitty. So the uncle chimes in and asks, well, where are you all going to stay once you get married? And Jen says that she would like to live in Mumbai, but it's kind of an open discussion. So really quickly and without any kind of to-do, they also just drop the bomb that she's not living in – she doesn't want to live in the joint household. So um, the uncle wants – is not is less happy with that. He's like, well, who's going to take care of a house when Rishi's gone? That doesn't make any sense. He's the caretaker. I can't do that. So women are, the American women are not so happy with this part of the discussion, but soon excuse themselves so Rishi and his family can talk privately. So Rishi walks them outside, and Randy hopes says that he, she, he hopes she can he can forgive her for being so forward and dropping the engagement news. So he plays nice and gives her a hug since they got the positive result they were looking for. And friends leave, and Jen seems increasingly less convinced that things are going as smoothly as it seems. She suspects the family was just playing nice and really isn't okay with everything. So then we get back to Rishi talking to his family alone and mom and uncle say they're still in shock that he's been hiding this for them for the past three years. And mom says she's heartbroken. They say, you know, that they have to figure out whether they're going to approve this and they have, it can't just be them. They have to involve the entire family. Everyone has to know this is going to take time. So they don't know what the answer will be. So now we're going back to what she said. I feel okay. Was that really the approval they were looking for? <laughs> so now he's upset temporarily, at least that not only does he have to convince these two people that it, that it's okay, but the entire family. But that's kind of a moot point because the next thing they ask is her age, and he says she's forty-eight, which is sixteen years older than him, <laughs> and that's. Not good. The cultural expectation, mom was like, you're supposed to marry somebody younger than you, dummy. She's not younger <laughs> than you. She's older than you by a lot. Um, so – and then, of course, how can she possibly have kids with you? What kind of family? What kind of dumb decision did you make, you dummy? Um, <laughs> we get – it gets to a pretty similar situ- spot with uh, Jenny and Submit. They're like, you know, go find another oldie, right? They tell, yeah. him, they tell him straight up. He, I mean, they actually almost say that to Jen, not to right. Jen, about Jen. Yeah. Um, they said he made a bad choice and they can't – we're not even going to worry, bother asking the family anymore. This is this is a no. No way. So they won't um, – so 
that great feeling that he had when Randy and Myra left is totally gone. So they 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 basically tell he's like, well, what can I what should I say? What should I tell her? They basically tell him that they should tell Jen that, you know, go find yourself another oldie. But they said someone of your own status is the way they put it. Okay, so this was a kind of a roller coaster of a of it of was. a of, of of a thing here. I mean, did you ever at any point really buy that mom was going to be okay with this? Uh, yeah, because and I agree with what Rishi said. Like, why did you say yes in front of everyone? You know, because I interpreted it that way too. But I mean, I guess if you're really paying attention, you realize that she didn't say yes. She was like. I think she said something like that was positive without actually saying yes. Like, I support this, you know, or something to that extent. They were like, how are you feeling? She's like, I'm feeling positive. Yeah, right. And and she seemed to be like, oh, I accept you. Right. And so to me that I read it as yes. Everybody else, including Rishi, read it as yes. And so I was actually shocked. Like, you know, just because knowing what we know about Jenny and Summit, like – you just know how I don't think mom's going to necessarily react exactly like Summit's mom. Summit's mom is very dramatic. Very dramatic. And yes, she is frustrated. She's, very she's much, not getting yes. her way. You're putting me in an early grave. Yes. my blood will be on your hands. Like right, you know, right. That, just yes. ultra dramatic. So I like I was very frustrated just in general afterwards because it's like same thing with jenny same thing with this jen it's like why do you guys not get that your partners know how their moms are going to react and trust them a little bit in that it takes time you know and i mean and for sure especially for rishi he gave her a specific date that he was going to confess and she completely ignored it now do I think that based on astrology that it would have gone any better in two months? No. No. <laughs> but, you know, at least he can't blame you for this now. Right. Because that's totally going to be the blame. You – if we would have done it on my astrology day, every yeah. day would have been fine. You're the one who insisted we not do it on the astrology day. Right. Um, I just – I wasn't surprised. Like I literally no. was like – I she mom was like, uh, okay, and everybody was happy and I was like – I think mom just didn't want to fight in front of the white people and she's going to wait till Rishi comes back alone. And it's like, what in the damn hell are you doing? Like, yeah, even still, she maintained her composure pretty well. Like she didn't seem angry at all. It was like very matter of fact, like, no, this person's too old. You need to pick someone else. Yeah. I mean, and the the words were harsh. Like when it went to the old, they were very much like, what were you thinking? This is impossible. Mm -hmm. You crazy, crazy person. Right. Right. You irresponsible, like what you have a whole household you're supposed to be taking care of and this is the person you pick? Seriously, dude. Right? Yeah. Like they they made no bones about that. And I think it's funny that they – maybe it's because Jen's a different race because they, they seemed shocked. Like it seemed to them that it would be plausible that Jen was younger than him. Right? Yeah. That to me was like, all right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe just because I'm used to seeing people who are Indian, people who are white. But it's like – you thought that? Right. Uh, yeah. Like they were like 16. I, I, I don't know if they thought it was plausibly that or or just maybe she's a couple years older and okay, we can – we might be able to finesse that. But it was a point where it was like 48. And then when you get to 48, you know, it, they're pretty clear. Ain't no more babies, right? Right. And I think thankfully they didn't bring that up even though that's what they might have been thinking. No, they did. But... They said – the uncle said it. How are you going to oh, have – how are you going to have children together? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Because, I mean, 
If this were, can you imagine if Angela was into an Indian guy? She'd be in there like, I have one good egg. It's, it's still possible. <laughs> I can make that this one, happen. That one good egg has long since been vaped out or whatever. Yeah, she does. oh my gosh. Yeah. But, it, but I mean, it was just wildly all over the place. Like they, mm-hmm. they went, you know, from, from thinking, we have our yes, 100%. But like, to me, this is an instant breakup. Like you yeah. went over what I what I told you. Told my and I just thought about it. I thought about it. I put it in context of and I I, I find sometimes it's easier to kind of conceptualize what's going on. So I was like, what if I was I secretly got engaged to my partner, right? Mm-hmm. And I was nervous to tell my parents, and I had a plan to tell my parents, and instead, and think of the person. I'm thinking of the person. I know her name, right? Um, yeah. If that person, her best friend, went to my dad and was like, "Listen, your son's engaged to this person," I'd be like, "Oh what? no!" What? Oh, I mean, no. my dad's reaction would be like, "Why are you telling me this? Yeah, like, who are you? What's going on? This is so weird." Like, and that just that just the situation was like, and. The, because to me, it was like one thing to, I don't care what you say. I'm going to tell your family because we need to get it out there, right? If yeah. she did that, that's one step. She didn't even have the guts to do that. She made her friend do it sitting next to her. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird that I would be like, what is going on? If I was Rishi, I'd be like, what is going on? I can't. No, I can't be with someone who uses, lets their friends like ruin all of our plans that we made. That's no, absolutely not. Yeah. Yes. I just, I can't even believe that that happened, but then I can, but I'm not surprised by this at all. I mean, it's definitely like, it feels like middle school. Like, Mm -hmm. well, you have a crush on somebody. It was like, well, I don't want to talk to him. Well, okay, well, I'll go ask their friend if they like you. Right. Like, why, why are you doing this to intermediaries? This is not, this is so frustrating. Right. Right. Okay, uh, let's move on to, I guess, our last couple. Uh, Debbie and Osama. They were first last week, last this week. Oh, man. Yeah, so Debbie asks if his plan is just to come to the U.S. And Osama explains that his plan is to get a visa, uh, maybe work in Morocco, but sell his art in the U.S. Because art is not valuable in Morocco and he can make more money in the U.S. He says there is no future for him there. Osama thinks that Debbie can help him secure his future in America. He admits to us that he promised Debbie that they would live in Rabat together, although his plan was to really move to the U.S. and live there forever. Debbie says she's not trying to support a man financially or sponsor someone who just wants a visa. Debbie is disgusted that this was his agenda all along, and she's losing all her self-control. She tells him that he's not honorable and this has uh, never been their plan. Debbie says that she planned to go back to visit uh, the kids in the U.S., but there was no plan for either one of them to move to the U.S. Debbie says it's not about love and all his words meant nothing. Debbie says they should go and there's nothing left to discuss. She says she opened her heart just wide enough to get a poem through and she was dumb enough to read it. Debbie says that she's going to take her stuff and go to the hotel, so she asks him to get her a cap. Debbie says she had good intentions, but now she feels used. She deserves uh, 
she deserves it for believing in him. Debbie gets in the car and tells us that Osama pissed all over her trust. Later, Debbie calls her son, Julian, to tell him the bad news. Debbie tells Julian that they broke up because he was cruel, and Debbie seems to think it's like literal day and night with Osama because she seems to think that he becomes a different, terrible person only at night. Debbie tells Julian that (laughs) Osama's main agenda was to get a visa, and Julian kind of in so many words says he told her so. But he is relieved that she found out now instead of later. Julian warns her to stay away from Osama so he doesn't try to sweet talk his way back in. So Julian says that she needs to block him. Debbie says that she's mourning the loss of her best friend, so she's not sure if she's ready to pack up and give up. Julian, on the other hand, tells her to come home. All right, so we kind of see next week is the last episode uh, before the tell-all starts. But we kind of see Debbie wavering a little bit and possibly, you know, wanting to get closure and giving uh, Osama another chance to at least explain himself. But really, like, what I appreciate about Debbie is she was – she did not mince words here. She made very clear what her expectation is. And she seemed to be perfectly fine walking away because she was so disgusted with him. What do you think changed her mind? I mean, I think production. I mean, that's the obvious answer. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. We need we need one more episode, Debbie. Go talk to him one more time. Mm. Um, But I mean, if you're if you're playing along with the story, then I don't know. I just I, I feel like. It's not that long of a relationship, but I feel like there is this tendency to be like. Well, they meant a lot, so they deserve more than just that, right? That, to end it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll 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 see how, kind of how the conversation goes because the way they cut the conversation and the next time on, they definitely make it make it sound like let's give this one more chance. But I don't know that that's the way it's going to go down. Oh, I don't think so either because we already saw like on the preview tell all from like weeks ago right. that it does not seem like they're still together. That there's some name calling uh, back and forth. And so they definitely don't seem like they ended this season on good terms. So, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that this couple isn't together. Yeah. 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 I mean, as they shouldn't be like, it, it's crazy to me how quickly he just gave up. <laughs> like He gave it all up, like right. all, all at once. Like it wasn't like it was nothing even plausibly like deniable, try to get back in the good graces, being a little distant. He just gave it up like that. Like, yeah. Well, to be honest, I feel like he thinks that he might have other chances. Right. So I don't think he was as in love with Debbie as Debbie. He made Debbie believe. So mm-hmm. to him, it's kind of like, oh, she's on to me. This is going to be difficult. Uh out we'll just start over again it's just it would just be easier for him to start again with someone else because if love isn't part of it right having this unique quirky connection it probably doesn't matter to him he probably only cares about who is the most naive least likely to object person that will end up marrying me so i can get a visa in america oh this person's starting to object not worth it on to the next yeah, I mean, so you, so basically, you think this poem that he gave Debbie, he just hands out online just to everybody, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, who bites on my my awful, awful poem? But yeah. it's like even his evil plan, yeah, is 
ridiculously naive. Yeah. Like, like oh, I'm going to go to America because in America, people value art. Oh, like, we saw his weirdo art like at the end. It was like uh, it kind of looked like the outline of like an alien. Yeah. Uh, Not good. Yeah, and then it was just all like blue and green all mixed together. It's like, what kind of art are you selling exactly? Yeah, no, it's not good. It, it's, I mean, if he's getting a canvas from Michael's and throwing some of oil paints on it, you know, or the, you know, latex paints on it and just be like, like I used to do with my daughters. Right. He's not selling that as a career and and making a great future for himself. He just, he's certainly somebody who has this very, very skewed, um, idea of what America is like, yeah. Right? And he's yeah. like, people don't understand people my do. art here, but in America, everybody who just puts out paintings, they get hundreds of dollars for them. Like everybody, everybody is cr- you crank right. out paintings, you get you get three hundred dollars for each of them, no problem. You just do that a couple. You know, I can crank out one painting a day. Look how much money I'll be making, no problem. Like everybody in America is rich. Everybody in America just spit, throws money at everything. I'm going to make a great future for myself. And we know as Americans that that's not how it goes. Yeah, I think people have like very interesting like perceptions of how much Americans make compared to the cost of living in America too, right? Right, right. I mean, even in America, it's kind of like you think about – you know, like, oh, well, oh, like these houses in this other state are so much cheaper. It's like, yeah, but how much do they get paid? It's all somewhat relative. And so it's like there isn't right. this as big of a gap, you know, that you think like, oh, I'll be making so much money right. in America. Well, will you? How much extra spending money are you going to have when your cost of living is way different in America than it is in your home right. country? I mean, I certainly like, oh, man, in America, I could sell that for what I make in what I make in a week here. Right. Right. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, but in America, it, in order to live for one year, you have to pay what you'd have to pay in 10 years. Yeah. So it doesn't. So it doesn't really work out like that, does it? Like you're still right. in terms of making ends meet, it's not the same. But yeah. yeah, people don't think about that part. And people don't think about like the housing too because I go the other way. Oh my God, people in this part of the country make this much money? And I was like, yeah, but go ahead and look at Zillow for that part of the country. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty insane. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just – but his idea, I'm just going to go to America and also be able to sell the art. Like you probably could sell some art at like craft fairs here and there, but you're not going to make a crazy amount. But I mean, all that just goes with he's going to find somebody who's going to – and he admits to us and I'm glad he admitted to us Mm -hmm. that like, oh, no, I've been lying to her. I've been telling her this whole time we're going to live here, but we're not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because we were like, did did Debbie miss something? Because I could see Debbie being like too infatuated and too woo-woo to miss that he's been implying that we're going to move to the States. But he was like – no, no, no. I, she she thought we were living in Rabat, but that's not my plan. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez. I mean, for as much as Debbie is, seems like very airheaded and like whatever, like head in the clouds, she actually like when it comes to like I appreciate that she's been very decisive and very like realistic about the situation. Yeah, for, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of uh, who was your student of the week this week, we saw everyone except for Jamie and Chris. So I I said Debbie Mm -hmm. um, for being decisive and just being like, it was not like, I don't know. I'll have to think about this. She was just like, no, if you just want me for the visa, then we're done. And he's like, well, I just want you for the visa. And then she was like, then we're done. And 
I was a little frustrated. She basically said, we're done. And he was like, well, then I'm cutting it off. And it was like, you know, she just did that. She just yeah. told you <laughs> she was out. Oh, no, I absolutely agree with you. Debbie was my student of the week. And also, I mean, I I love it when anyone on these relationship reality TV shows are able to cut it off and just be like, this is it. Because it's like, that's how you should be, right? But they always like waffle about, oh, well, I love them. I can't possibly break up with them. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Debbie, student of the week. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, my dunce was Johan. Okay. Um, just general immaturity. Dick um, measuring. Dick, like literal dick measuring. Yeah. Like not even. Not, I mean, I say not even, but he definitely did went for shoe size as a yes. proxy for dick size and then was just like. Yeah, oh, literally we have the was same like, size. Oh. I have to measure myself up against this guy that you think is your friend that you're not trying to have sex with anymore. Mm. Right. Like, it, just, it was so dumb. Yeah. I went with Osama again. It's just okay. he was so nasty. And he was very nasty. Yeah. We didn't even really talk about that. Total indifference of, you know, like, okay, bye. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to leave forever. Okay. I bye. mean, it was definitely like, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely sounded like, ah, oh, crap. This one broke. Whatever. Fine. I don't give a shit. Go. Yeah. Bye. bye. I don't need you anymore. Yep. Because yeah. like, he was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creep. I'm a motherfucker. I'm a yeah. blah, blah, blah. It was like, yeah, you are, but you are all those things. Like, I know right. you were like, I'll never what I say. I'm never going to win this fight. And you just, this was just him being like, you got caught and now burned bridge yeah mm-hmm. it was terrible all right what about your life lesson uh my life lesson is at like jen and rishi and it's never never your role to decide how someone should relate to their family like yeah as, if your that's partner, very true um how they relate to their family is their business you do not have the background neither the cultural nor the family history right. background like yeah. everybody's relationship with their family and their parents is just so subtly different that you mm-hmm. can't just be like, well, if it was my mom, I would say this. And it was like, well, your mom is not my mom and you don't have right. the history that we have and you don't have the culture that we have. It's just never your place to step in between there. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. And mine's kind of related to that, but for a different couple, um, I was thinking about for uh, Gabriel and his sister, Monica, don't mm-hmm. just always take someone's word on a relationship before <laughs> – confronting their significant other you probably shouldn't even be confronting their significant other you should (laughs) see for yourself before jumping to conclusions being hostile you know monica didn't ever meet really isabel before this i mean over video chat they said that she's seen her but you know she just took gabe's Mm -hmm. word like for what it is and started attacking her like see for yourself who this person is get to know yourself yeah and she she kind of also did it's like i don't know maybe this random random aside, but you know in Jurassic Park, how they had the dinosaur DNA and they filled it in with the frog DNA. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, right? I get what you're like, going with this. She had the D, she had some of the pieces of DNA right. with Isabel's relationships and just put onto it all of his past relationships and completed Absolutely. the DNA with that, and then made her decision based on that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Also, probably shouldn't be confronting someone else's significant other because that's the thing too is. We're all adults at this point, right? Right. Like, yep. I would hope so. And it's not on you to have to defend other adults. It's yeah. on them. Yeah. If they need my support, I will give them my support. It's not my job to vet 
them and like, well, I have to see if you're good enough for me. It's like, actually, it doesn't matter if they're good enough for you, Monica. It's Gabe's decision. <laughs> right, right. And if they choose that person, I mean, you could disagree. Absolutely. It's your right to disagree. But to like confront someone on behalf of someone else is just absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yep. All right. Uh, so we have one more episode of uh, the regular season before we have our tell-alls. So we will be back uh, same time next week then. That's right. Talk to everybody then. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.